Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm very pleased to have Lindsay Recknell returning as my guest today. As president and CEO of Mental Health in Minutes, Lindsay continues to raise mental health maturity in organizations while making conversations about mental health in the workplace as normalized as any other conversation. A certified psychological health and safety advisor, she works with companies and organizations to increase their levels of psychological health and safety in the workplace using positive psychology, evidence-based practical tips and techniques to increase well-being within organizations by increasing well-being in individuals. Lindsay empowers and strengthens teams and transforms organizations through her Mental Health in Minutes subscription, Burnout and Boundaries workshop series, and Hope Motivates Action program. She lives in Calgary, Canada with her husband and their two golden retrievers. Welcome back, Lindsay, and thank you so much for joining me today to discuss the importance of mental health. It is my absolute pleasure, Gilda. I am so happy to be here with you. So let's begin by discussing how to normalize seemingly difficult conversations and open the door to conversations that might be considered potentially awkward. We've all had awkward conversations, haven't we? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, more than more than one. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't I'm not sure that it gets any easier the more of them that we have. But that is the thing is we just we, we do we need to keep having them. And we can use sort of tips and tricks, you know, scripts almost on, on, um, to make it easier to open the door to those conversations. You know, you can use other people. So if mental health is being discussed in, on the news or on social media or, or other people have, you know, shared their stories, you could reference those stories as a way to kind of segue into a nice conversation. Um, you can, you know, if you've got a doctor's note, if you've been to see a professional and you want to use that as a door opener to say, you know, I've, I've been to see this professional, this is what they're thinking is best for me. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. You know, that's a way to open the door to that kind of conversation. Um, you could also ask questions, you know, with your, the, the person you're communicating with your child, your spouse, you could, you know, here's a scenario. How do you feel about this scenario? And then based on how they respond, you can, you know, respond with your own um, interpretation of what you heard or what your feeling are about those particular scenarios. So those are a few examples of how to make those conversations a little less awkward. Yeah, well, those are great tips because a lot of times people are frankly quite embarrassed to have those kinds of conversations. They, they feel it means there's something wrong with them or they, they, they feel ashamed. They don't want to admit that they have issues or concerns or maybe they're seeing a therapist or want to see a therapist. And, um, and I completely agree with you that these conversations should feel very normal and, and very comfortable ideally to be able to share those kinds of things with people who are important to you and who are close to you and and who you want to share these things with. Now, based on that, 
how can we show that we are receptive when someone starts an important conversation? And how can we recognize when a conversation is important to someone else? Excellent question. I was going to, you know, as you were speaking there, I was going to say the making sure that you're opening the door to the, these kinds of conversations in a psychologically safe space to people who you know are going to respond in open, supportive, non-judgmental ways is key. You know, pick your pick your moment, so to speak. Um, because if you if you are you know going into an awkward conversation as somebody is literally running out the door, you might not get the same response or the, get the hopeful response that you're looking for. So if you are the person who wants to create a safe and welcoming space for others to share their stuff, do that. Intention is first, right? Consciously think about the ways that you can show up for others. Maybe that's just picking up a phone call, you know, picking up the phone every once in a while and and checking in with someone just to say, hey, I'm here. Let me know how, you know, how things are going. I'm here to listen. Um, Doing those those kinds of touch bases proactively will, will remind others that you are a safe space to connect with. Um, If you're at work or if you're at home and you say, you know, your words say, I am a place that you can come and hang out with. My door is always open, but your physical door is always closed. (laughs) That's not going to signal um, that you're a comfortable space to, to be with, right? The, the walk does not match the talk in that, in that scenario. So actually leave your door open if you are the kind of person that says your door is always open. And then I would also say if somebody does come to talk to you and they have, um, you know, you can tell by their body language if if they are feeling awkward or uncomfortable or stressed or anything, um, pay attention to their body language and then give them the space to say their piece. Focus on them. Stay present put down your phone, stop typing on your computer, you know, stop making dinner, whatever it is that you need to do to stay present and focused on that person. I mean, for sure, it's hard. If you're in the middle of, you know, stirring your your dinner and your child comes to say, hey, mom, I've got something I need to say to you. It's okay to say, awesome. If you just sit right here, give me two minutes, let me finish stirring this. And then you've got my full attention. You can do that. Um, you know, like there's, there's some respectful interaction that, that can happen there for sure. But then after those two minutes is over, wrap up what you're doing and then give them your full attention and stay present in that moment. I hear what you're saying. And I agree. Um, very often timing is important when we, when we want to create these conversations. And also it's just the little things that we do or don't do that we may not always be aware of the subliminal signals that we're giving a couple of which you mentioned that say we're open and receptive to having these conversations. So what is the best way or ways that you can uh, offer suggestions about to actively create space and encourage these kinds of conversations? Share your own story out loud. So if you are modeling the kind of behavior that you would like to see from others, they're going to pick up on that and recognize that you're a safe space. So if you are, again, matching your walk with your talk, if you're saying you're a safe space and you you're, uh, want people to share their story, if you share your story first, that will give them kind of the permission or uh, they'll see that it's not so bad and, you know, they can, they can start to share those stories as well. 
I would also say um, that if you if you tell people that you are someone who they can come and see whenever, um, again, with timing is going to get in the way, but actually try to give them that time, whether it's being intentional about scheduling time, if that's what you need to do, or, um, you know, stopping work at a particular time so that your family knows that you're available to them after that for whatever they need. Um, those kinds of actions, you can be really intentional about um, demonstrating, actually showing by your behavior that you are a safe space that people can come and chat with. Doing these kinds of things that you're describing sound like it takes a lot of empathy mm. and a lot of something called compassion. Yes. Now, I know you have said compassion has the power to change the world. So can you elaborate on that a little bit for us? I absolutely can. I I am all in on compassion. I am it. I truly believe it has the power to change the world. And what I mean when I talk about compassion is really suspending judgment, coming from a place of curiosity, recognizing that your perception of the experience that the person, the other person is going through is absolutely not going to match their lived experience of the situation. So if we think about our perception, um, our view of the world comes from our lived experience, from our past experience, the things that have happened to us, um, how we see the world, right, wrong, or indifferent, it's coming from what's happened to us. The same thing is happening to the other person on the other side. They are perceiving the situation from their lived experience. And again, it's likely not going to match up. And so if we can keep that in mind, that their version of the truth is their version, right, wrong, or indifferent, they get to choose. Um, and so if we can stay open and compassionate to their perception and the idea that if it matters to them, it matters. Even if it to you in the, you know, small part of your brain that's judging them for their, you know, response or their, um, their interpretation, if it matters to them, it matters. And that's the only thing that matters. You know, you get to have your response and they get to have their response, but approaching them from that place of curiosity, from that place of compassion and remembering that their experience is their experience and validating them in that, holding space for them in that, um, that is the path to compassion. And that understanding really helps to um, make stronger connections, build relationships and really help to grow sort of that collective, um, that collective understanding and, and collective compassion. Well, you have shared some wonderful, wonderful insights with us today, Lindsay. Um, is there something that we haven't covered yet that you would like to share or talk about or something that you really want our listeners to remember from this conversation? And also, how can our listeners reach you if they yeah. want to know more about what you do? I appreciate that. I'll, I'll, um, the one thing that I want to leave listeners with um, you're probably not going to get it right every time. You know, these conversations are not easy for a reason. They're hard stuff. And you're not going to get it right, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try. Self-forgiveness, grace, humility on the parts of both people in the interaction, both people in that conversation, um, admitting when you're wrong or saying, you know, 
I'm not going to get this right, but I'm trying. Help me to understand what I can do differently. Because if I don't know, I can't be better. But once you know, then actually be better, by the way. You know, uh, ignorance only takes you so far. Once you know, then you can be better. But really, you know, try to engage in these kinds of conversations, knowing that you probably aren't going to get it right. And if you're the recipient of these conversations, have that grace and forgiveness uh, to really help the other person to develop those skills because they are skills to be learned for sure. Um, to get to know me a little bit more, my website is called mentalhealthinminutes.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at Lindsay Recknell. You can find us, um, yeah, pretty much everywhere at Mental Health in Minutes. I also have a podcast, a couple of them, in fact, um, one that Gilda has been on called Hope Motivates Action. And you can find both uh, Hope Motivates Action and Mental Health in Minutes on all the popular podcast players. And I loved being your guest, by the way. It was well, I loved having you. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun and just so, so enjoyable. And I loved our conversation. So um, I would love to to join again together and have another conversation either your way or my way, <laughs> whichever podcast <laughs> we happen to be doing or, or pointing to that day. Um, but I want to thank you so much, Lindsay, for your time and for sharing some truly inspiring information with us today. It has been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You are doing incredible work for so many people and whatever I can do, whatever I can do to encourage that further, I'm in. Well, thank you. Thank you. That really, really means a lot. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, www.autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.